Welcome to Bourbon and Beignets. My name is Whitney Evans. And I'm Ginger Moore. And a little bit about our podcast. This is a podcast about Jesus, food, relationships, um, and life in no particular order because, of course, Jesus would be first. (laughs) Um, So today's episode is titled, this is episode three, it's titled A Time to Heal. Uh, Thanks for joining in, anyone who joined uh, to listen to episodes one and two. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, So if you have been an avid listener thus far, you know what time it is. It's hashtag K-O-T-D time. Um, So today... What I have on, um, I have some Melody Asani Jordan OGs. So, a little bit of history. Um, Jordan OGs are the first shoe that Jordan, the Jordan brand, did that was specifically for women, um, exclusive for women. And Melody Asani is an up and coming young, well, established pretty much, um, a young black female who also designs Jordans and has one of the uh, most iconic. Uh, Jordan. So this was pretty cool. I had to cop them. Um, the the pick will be on, on IG, so please follow us, Bourbon uh, and Beignets. Um, and then I have a shirt that's beat by Beacon Threads, and it says, Not Luck, Just God. So I wanted to give them a shout out to the cool little brand. I'll put them on there. Um, all right. So you might, wait, you might be wondering what shoes I'm wearing. I'm wearing a Vionic flip flop for my bad arches. Um, Ginger's <laughs> always cool in her flip flops, though. Yeah, uh, so not nearly as cool as what Whitney's wearing, but functional. There you go. So, there you go. You're welcome. So, um, yeah, Ginger, you. I guess you can talk about episode three. Well, you know, when we were sitting down to think through episode three, a time to heal. We kind of cir- we wanted to circle back around to um, some of our discussion about white Jesus because we make a lot of jokes about yes. white Jesus. Yes, we and do. Yes, we do. On Instagram, you will probably if you if you look at us on Instagram, there's a picture of Whitney and I that I put up for her birthday where. Um, <laughs> I'm actually holding the white Jesus fan. Yes, I, mean, I yes. carry I carry the white Jesus fan a lot of places. And, you know, when we were sitting talking about these these episodes coming up, we we went back to think about white Jesus a little bit. And, um, you know, we talked about in that, that previous episode about how everybody kind of has um, a Jesus in their mind that looks like them. But... Uh, we kind of make jokes about white Jesus because so often, and Whitney shared some of this when she was talking about her grandmother. Yeah. You know, her grandmother had the white Jesus that Whitney was convinced followed her with his eyes. He around, did. He did. Around their house. And so, you know, we talked a little bit about just in America, so oftentimes um, kids that are not white. That the white Jesus is what they see yeah. in their curriculum, in their yeah. Sunday school curriculum, in their children's Bibles, and you know, and we know for certain 
without a doubt, that he was not a, a, the handsome guy in the white robe with the blue sash. No, man. Jesus was ugly, man. <laughs> I mean, he may not have been like ugly, ugly, but just tad, like a smidge. He was not, ha- at least he wasn't handsome. So, and, you know, and I think you know. we've even brought up before that, you know, Isaiah 53 tells us that there wasn't anything about him that we should be attracted to him. Right. And we just wanted to make sure if you've listened to the first two episodes, I, neither one of us felt like we closed that loop very well in that previous episode and so and also we will have a we'll have a place on instagram and twitter and probably even on our um on the anchor app and on spotify if you have a question or a comment you ever want to make about any of our episodes you sure can do that and we will always be glad to talk in depth more if it's something we didn't cover um and you are left wondering where we stand on something typically <laughs> we use enough words it's you probably won't look where please we comment we'll, we'll take the good the bad the ugly i look we'll take it all i got really thick skin so um i don't i'm a crier so be look nice. be prepared if you comment <laughs> something sharp i'm gonna comment right back i i clap back quite a bit so um i mean it'll be tactful don't get me wrong it'll be some jesus sprinkled in there but um just pre- be prepared for that so make sure you defend your words if you if you you know if you don't like something please honestly please tell us why and um because we do want our listeners to enjoy but we also love healthy debate i mean that's the thing like we we don't want like-minded people all all like-minded people listening. We want a nice array of people listening. Yeah, the, so. the diversity is good and you yeah. know, it's always I don't think anything bad can happen when you gather around a table and you talk about diverse experiences and you know, everybody's had a different experience that's and that's it. the way you get to know each other better. It's the way you get to love each other better. And um, that's why it's one of the reasons we, Whitney and I just love to sit around and just talk about different things and exchange stories and you know what we have found and and we're covering it in this first season that's based on Ecclesiastes 3 is that there are some things about Whitney and I that are very very different but there are a whole lot more things that we have in common oh yeah and you know if you're if this is the first episode that you are joining us we want you to go back and listen to the first two of course but I'll go ahead and tell you this first season, we are looking at Ecclesiastes 3, the first um, the first 12 verses of it. And so this episode is based on Ecclesiastes 3, 4, and it says, A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And so we're going to talk about, you know, the the good and the bad, the happy and the sad, and then also how sometimes the happy and the sad overlap. Mm-hmm. At the at the same moment, you're, you may be incredibly sad about something, but there's also going to be some happiness right there on top of it. So we wanted to look today, we're going to kind of just talk and compare about grief and funerals mm-hmm. and different ways <laughs> that we grieve and culturally and... Um, yeah. And we're going to kind of compare and contrast a little bit, and I hope that you enjoy it. So, Whitney, oh. go ahead and share a little bit your thoughts about oh, grief yeah. and funerals. Oh, and- I, I got an interesting perspective, man. First of all, before I start, did y'all hear Ginger drop them bars, those Al Green bars? She said, good or bad, 
happy and sad. So. Oh, I didn't even know. I should give him credit. You should. Al Green, <laughs> love and happiness. So, um, yes, or let's stay together. So, anyway, talk about grief and funerals. Um, you know, funerals and death are very different in the New Orleans culture. Um, we celebrate life more than we mourn death uh, down there. So, of course, it's sad. Um I think the saddest funeral I've been to, which unfortunately I've been to a, a bunch, but um, the saddest funeral was my grandma died. My my grandmother, Dorothy Molina, she was just the cutest little thing and just a little spitfire as well. And um, our relationship was very close because she suffered a stroke when I was 13 years old. And I helped my mom uh, pretty much take care of her all throughout high school, played basketball, you know, did well in school, but anytime I wasn't doing anything with school or sports, I was with my grandmother. So her death was very difficult. Um, it was just, it was just difficult in general. So very sad, uh, that was, but my grandma Luli, man, her funeral was popping y'all. Like, Oh my gosh. And that's that's how New Orleans funeral usually is. Like we have of course we have a funeral, um, but then we have a second line afterwards just celebrating that person's life and what you know, what they would have wanted. And nine times out of ten the New Orleanians gonna want a celebration. Like we're just partying people. So there's some element of joy and celebration. So for us, you know, the repast and the second line are the two biggest things. And a repast, you may call it like a dinner or something or a lunch, but that's basically after the funeral. And after the second line, we have a meal with family. Well, man, Luli's repast was popping, y'all. I mean, there was wings. We had some, you know, gumbo. I mean, every all kinds of food. And the food was good because if the food would not have been good, she would have come back and haunted us because she was like <laughs> one of the best cooks, man. But... There's always questions like, who made the food? Who prepared the body? I'm like, why do you need to know who prepared the body? I mean, she looks good. You know, like, we don't have to know all that, but it's very okay, important. Okay, let me ask you this. So yeah. in, in New Orleans, do people say things like, they look so natural, like they might just sit up right now? Yeah, no, no, we don't do that. We, okay. I mean, but we do talk. Because <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, yeah, no, we do. Like, I remember uh, when we viewed my grandmother's body, it was like, oh, she looks so good. And I was like, well, I mean... You can only look so good when you're not alive. But, yeah, I guess so. You know, she looks pretty, she looks natural, I would say that. But, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just weird. I, th I think our culture is cool, but other people may think it's weird. I mean, we had a, the second line, man, had the brass band. And basically, um, the brass instruments are like the second line in a band. So you call it the second line. It's the, um, basically, just the second part of the band. So um, second line, we have a good old time, bunch of brass instruments, and we dance in the streets. And so at my grandmother's funeral, at Luli's funeral, I danced and broke my shoes. Like I, I literally danced out of my shoes and was walking barefoot in the street, <laughs> which she it. would like have gave me a whooping for that, for real. But I had a good time. So um, I don't know. It, the grief process is just very different. Um, it's kind of hard to find joy in the middle of that grief. But I think uh, New Orleanians, we look for the joyous part of of that grief stage. Um, I, I remember um, after Hurricane Katrina, we our house was one of the few houses in my family that remained. We nothing happened to it. Like 
I mean, we came back home and it was surrounded by trees. My dad basically cut his way into the house and nothing, it was untouched. It was untouched. I mean, our refrigerator, we still have the same refrigerator, y'all, from after Katrina. It's crazy. Yeah, it is amazing. And nothing but God. And I'm telling you why. Because the only thing that broke physically on the house was a plaque that had that said, God bless this home. So I'm like, the Lord was definitely with us, you know, and I felt, I felt like that was a sign. But through that grief and struggle, you know, a lot of my family members lost their entire homes. I mean, my grandmother, for one, Luli, she had to live with us. Um, you know, a couple of my aunts and uncles and cousins and family friends. At one point, we had like 13 people living with us, but we grew closer. I mean, we grew so much closer at that time. Don't get me wrong. We had some fights and fusses, but we have some really good stories that came out of that and um, just being resilient and learning how to laugh in times of pain. Um, I think New Orleanians are just experts at that. Like, I, I think that New Orleanians are expert at, experts at being resilient. And I will say Kentuckians, like, y'all will make $10 out of a penny. Like, the resources, <laughs> like, like, y'all are so resourceful. And so I think, for me, that's what, where I really relate to Kentucky life because you all, you find joy in the small things, and we may find joy in a difficult situation. So I, I do, there is a lot of, uh, similarities, you know, as far I, as the I lifestyle agree. goes. I agree. And, you know, we love, my family loves New Orleans so much. When Katrina hit, mm-hmm. we didn't know each other back then, mm-hmm. but when Katrina hit, we had people calling and checking on us because they knew yes. we were grieving New Orleans because we yeah. were down there, we were down there for Mother's Day, the, the, the Mother's Day before Katrina hit. And we had just had a great time and had some great meals. And so, you know, we're up here watching that. And we have people checking on us like, we know that you all are devastated because all your, your city is underwater. And um, But, you know, and you and I had talked about this earlier that, you know, Katrina brought your family closer. And, like, our version for my family of Katrina was the ice storm. Oh, because yeah, we were, yeah. you know, we were hunkered down at our house and mm-hmm. we had... Um, um, oh, what is it? The generator. We had to get yes. a generator, and we had it hooked up outside and all of this. And I remember you talk about the God bless this home clack breaking. Well, we got we did not suffer very much during the ice storm, but we, um, my girls were little, and we were hunkered down, and it was the first night that the house was going to get really cold, mm-hmm. and so we bundled the kids up, put extra blankets. We were going to keep one room in the house warm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we prayed, and so the kids prayed, and uh, Maggie prayed. And I'll never forget, she was like, Dear God, keep us safe, and please bring our power back soon so that we'll be warm. And then she fell asleep. And I'm telling you, not 15 minutes later, that kid is asleep. And you know, if you've ever lost power, when the power comes back on and there's like this big whoosh sound, and then everything that was on when the power went out comes on and the TVs, the microwaves and fridges are beeping. And so it wakes her up and it wakes her up just long enough for her. She sits up in the bed asleep and she says, Jesus answered my prayer. And then fell right back on the pillar <laughs> and went to sleep. But, you know, for, I think, 
I forget how many weeks in a row Mike, my husband, went mm -hmm. out with a chainsaw. Yes. And he would cut everybody else's trees down. Yes. He got our trees down initially. We had power. We had friends that didn't mm -hmm. have power. So we were feeding people, and he'd go out and clear yards. Yep. And yep, yep. So, but on our funeral, our funeral celebrations are... We've never had a second line. and Y'all need to get on it. And we don't have a repast. We just have a funeral meal. And <laughs> But uh, we have laughed about different food, like different food that you have yeah. at a funeral meal. And, you yeah. know, for us, we... We're not green bean casserole fans. And, no, Whit and Whitney is not a green bean casserole not. fan. But a lot of times, you know, people want to know, okay, who made the hash brown casserole? Yeah, for us, um, it's who made the potato salad. Like, <laughs> got to know who made the potato salad. Yeah. So, but for us, and I laugh because there was one particular person, I would never call her name, but if she made the hash brown casserole, I wouldn't eat it because she had cats. <laughs> and it was, it was not, it was, it was not, not good. But one of the most meaningful times when, you know, there was grief, but there was also joy and appreciation was when my grandmother died. Mm -hmm. And it was my granny and, uh, there, she had a lot of grandchildren, but everyone knew that I was her favorite. I was the first. I was the only for four, oh, yeah. four and a half years. And so her loss hit me hard. And I was well into adulthood when mm -hmm. she she passed away. But, um, you know, our church family stepped in. And it was mm -hmm. so sweet. You know, we, we left the graveyard. And we were all gathering at my parents' house for the funeral meal. And when we drove up the driveway, there were two cars in the driveway, and my mom had just left the house unlocked. And you know, yeah. they, we live, oh, in, the, yeah. live yeah. in the country; it's not a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I walk in, and it was my mom and dad's close friend, who was also my wedding director, mm. who directed my wedding, and my Sunday school teacher from oh, my yeah. five-year-old Sunday school class. Oh yeah! And they had the whole house set up. Mm -hmm. They had a buffet. They had the table set. And, you know, grief can be heavy. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of us were crying just, you know, it was just, it was sad. Mm -hmm. She lived a long, good life, but we were going to miss her. And she's, she's where my dad and I, we get our sense of humor. We get our sarcasm. Oh, yeah. So that connection was strong for us. But it was just such a comfort to have, you know, that church family be there. And yes. they just, they took care of everything. And um, I don't know, it was just comforting, oh, yeah. I think, in the oh, middle yeah. of the grief to have just somebody take such good care of us. Definitely, definitely. That's always, it always is comforting to know people are thinking of you. I know we make, we might make dishes for someone or, you know, if a family member passes or whatnot. Um, but, you know, we were, when Ginger and I were talking about this episode, we were talking about balance and like, you know, there has to be some balance in your grief and your joy. Like, we don't just go around smiling, like, in the middle of funerals in New Orleans. Like, of course we have some humorous moments. Like, I told the story about when my grandmother hit me and my cousin in the head with one Coke can. I don't know how she did it. Like, she flipped it backwards <laughs> in the seat. We were acting up. And so, you know, it got the church laughing, and we thought, of, you know, we talked about that. But we cried, of course, and we still were we still mourn but there was still a balance of of joy and grief in that experience and i think in our lives you know we have to make sure we balance anytime there's a, a episode of grief 
that we do balance it with joy and vice versa. Like, of course I want life to be joyful all the time, but that also isn't going to prepare me for any difficult times if I look at the world through rose-colored glasses, you know? Well, and I think if you don't deal with the grief, then sometimes it, it manifests itself yes. in other ways oh, that you yeah. don't pick up on. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But this year is, honestly, even though 2020 is a hot mess, um, there's still some good things going on. You know, Maggie graduated. So she she has a college degree. She has a college degree. And, you know, she's she's about to be a working woman out here. She's about to, for real, be a career woman. Um I'm just so proud of her. It's awesome that uh, I got to see her, you know, just grow up pretty much. Um, and I know Ginger and Mike are really proud and got a wedding happening this year. We do have a yes. wedding this year. Yes. Whitney's getting married. Yeah. And if you know me at all, you know I love love. Yes. And so I am in the middle of planning <laughs> her bridal shower right now. Yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, we're still on the fence. Am I going to do a balloon installation or not? <laughs> I can't decide. But her baby, her bride, not, not baby shower. That's going to be next That's year. That's going to be next but, year, apparently. Um, <laughs> She's speaking to y'all. The bridal shower is in three Three weeks, and I'm yeah. so excited. And then another big celebration. Wait, no, let's talk about the baby shower because Ginger. Let me tell you what Ginger and Sharon do. And Sharon is my mother for knowing who knows at Nanny T. If you're looking on IG, she's cute. It is a button, but anyway, they send each other pictures of what she think of what they think me and my fiance's children will look like. And so I'll get a picture from Ginger. You know, in my on my IG messages, and then I'll get a text from my mom with the same exact picture. Like, look at this. I'm like, I know you and Ginger been chatting about the baby, so um, it'll be interesting once that does <laughs> happen. We, Hopefully, the child will come out looking like one of these kids, and that we don't disappoint. We know them. it's gonna be a cute baby, yeah. and we are both yeah. here for it. So. Good, good deal. But as Ginger was stating, she has a milestone this year, y'all. Oh, it's going to be lit. It's going to be so fun. Yes. We are getting ready to celebrate my 50th birthday. And if you don't know, apparently I am the only person to ever turn 50. Yeah, she ever is. In only. The, in just, the history. Just the only. So the we got way. a lot to celebrate. Like um, <laughs> You would think that, by the way, I've been planning this. Because, I mean, I literally sent out save the date text to my dearest and best yes. four months ago. Because yeah. I thought... I, I told my husband, Mike, I said, all I want for my birthday is I want all of my best girlfriends that have kept me afloat the last four years. I mm -hmm. mean, now some of these friends that are coming, one of my friends is coming. We've been friends since third grade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But in the last four years in particular, just planting this church and the ministry we do, my girlfriends yes. are the ones that have kept me afloat. Hey. And we are going to celebrate that. And so Mike even said to me, he said, um, so do I get to show up at all for this party? And I was like, I mean, you can peek in, but there are literally no men invited. Yes. It is an all female list. And it's, and it's so great because oh, yeah. <clears throat> my friend Gwen is coming that we've been friends since third grade, but then my girls who are in college, some of their little girlfriends want to come. Mm -hmm. So we've got some college girls that want to come. And then we have yep. my 85-year-old mentor is oh, going yeah. to be there. And she says, I know we're in the days of COVID, but I am not missing this party. And she said, I'll wear a mask and I won't hug people. There you and go. And I said, you, we'll put you in the corner so nobody 
Nobody gets near you. Oh, yeah. So it's it's really going to be fun. Oh, it's, it's going to be so lit, y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. And just to celebrate Ginger. She deserves to be celebrated. You know, um, I, you know, you do say that you are really actively planning, like, your 50th party and it's a 50th birthday, and it's it really is a big deal. Like, some people don't make it to 50, so I think you should celebrate that. Like, some people, I turned 31 last week. Like, some people don't make it to 31. So, absolutely, it should definitely be a celebration. So, And it's um, funny you say that because I that was that is part of the reason I'm celebrating yeah. is I had a friend that... I lost very tragically in mm-hmm. our 30s, and you nobody yes. saw it coming. And I said then, I said, if I make it to 50, I'm going to have the biggest celebration. Yes. And I do feel like my decade of my 40s to my 50s, this has been the decade that I've learned the most. Mm-hmm. I have learned hard lessons, easy lessons, good lessons, bad oh, yeah. lessons. You know, and I think of this scripture... I've I've learned some lessons that have made me laugh my head off, but I have also, I mean, I've learned some hard lessons where I've just sat on my couch in my room just mm-hmm. weeping, mm-hmm. and it's but it's been so cool to watch how the Lord has worked. And you know, I had one Sunday in particular; it was a hard Sunday, and um, I was sitting on my couch, and I was, I mean, I was literally just crying. Yeah, and I got three phone calls from three different girlfriends, all believers, mm-hmm. all three uh, Nashville, Mississippi, uh-huh. and Chattanooga. Uh-huh. They all called me. They all gave me a pep talk. Now, go. my one friend, she told me, she said, tell me you're not going to quit. And I said, I was crying, and I was like, I'm not going to quit. And she goes, say it like you mean it. <laughs> she goes, you didn't even say that like you meant it. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to quit. She goes, that sounds more like it. So I guess I want to just celebrate all yeah. these women that the Lord's put in my life that have kept me afloat yes. and have taught me lessons. And so there's going to be, well, can I tell them like about it? I'm, oh, it's your okay. party. You go okay. for it. Yeah. So Friday night is... It's just kind of, I call it like, it's my VIP list. It's my upper room people. The upper room. (laughs) These are my people that have just kept me going. And I can look at the way the Lord's worked and the timing that he put them in my life. It was, there was no coincidence. Right. And so that night we're doing Ginger's version. It's Kentucky charcuterie. It's like a blend of Kentucky and Italy because there's prosciutto, but it's, pimento cheese. And pimento cheese. <laughs> and, um, you know, and the prosciutto, it's one of the best prosciuttos uh, in the world. Yes. I mean, Food Network has this prosciutto yeah. flown into them from Princeton, Kentucky. Hey. From Newsom's Watch out. General Store. What y'all know a, about Newsom's? That is a, that's a product plug that and we're not getting paid we're for. We're not it, getting paid I, for it. I love Newsom's. None of these plugs. Not, I'm definitely not getting paid by Jordan Brand. But if y'all know someone at Jordan Brand who wants to pay me for wearing shoes, yeah. send them my way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bourbons underscore and mm. underscore beignets. Um, so Friday night is just like my thank you to my upper room people. And I have this great sangria recipe. And we're mm. going to have all this charcuterie. And then a lot of my friends are coming from out of town. And so I'm going to take them on a little tour Saturday morning to all my favorite local businesses. And then Saturday night is going to be the big blowout. Oh, and yeah. I love tacos. 
and I love Dolly Parton music, and I love margaritas. And so mm-hmm. we're going to have all three of those things. At one time, y'all. And, um, but my my daughter, Georgia Lee, is working on my playlist, and it's very Ooh, eclectic. Hey. And so it's like Dolly Parton and Prince and Bootsy Collins and Loretta Lynn. Hey. All on one playlist. And hey. I'd like to think that's kind of You got Bootsy Collins on there? Yeah. Oh, I can't uh, wait. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, well... It's still, it's going to be mad. Yes. Like, I keep sending her texts. Yes. Yes. And I actually, I Googled a song I wanted, and I texted it to her. And uh-huh. she said, Mom, that's like the oldest thing you could do. <laughs> she goes, just get on Spotify. And I was like, I, I don't know how. It's all right. It's all right. So anyway, Definitely. so we, I'd like to think, part of our friendship is based on, I think we know how to grieve. Oh, and we yes. know how to talk about the hard stuff. We do. But we're really good at celebrating oh, yeah. the good oh. stuff. Yeah, we really are. I mean, Ginger celebrates like everything. And I like growing up, I because my birthday is on July 4th. My dad's birthday is on Christmas. My mother's birthday is on Juneteenth. And then my sister has a regular birthday. Sorry, Ray Ray. Ray Ray has a regular birthday. But, um, you know, when it comes to like celebrations, my family, we celebrate a lot, but I think New Orleanians, because we celebrate so much all the time, like birthdays aren't like as big of a deal. I wouldn't say they aren't as big of a deal. Like I know people who, one of my friends, like she legit has some of the best birthday parties. Like that's why I'm so excited about your birthday, Ginger, because I missed hers. I couldn't go, you know, to New Orleans for her birthday this year, but it I, I was having definite big FOMO, fear of missing out. So um, you know, I just think about birthdays and other types of celebrations and my family in general, we don't we don't have like parties, parties. We have a big Christmas party and that's about it. But anything that happens in the year, we usually just have a family dinner or something or invite, you know, my aunts and my uncles, all thirty two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Your family is a party. It's, yeah, my family is a party. But um as far as having something a little bit more organized, I just um I love that you just celebrate everything. Like we always have cakes around here and I mean Ginger probably like has cakes stored up in her freezer. Like pull them out and like put "Happy Birthday Whitney" on it. Like <laughs> well, and this is when my girls were little. My husband Mike pulled out. It was a video, and this shows you how old we are. It was a VCR tape. Yes, and yes. he. He was like, I don't even know what's on this. And he put it in, and we started watching it. And it was when our girls were little, and it was like I don't know, September. Just a, a September, a Thursday night in September. Yeah. And my girls, we'd made a cake in the middle of the week. We put candles on it, and we blew the candles out. And he goes, now, why were you all doing this? And I was like, why not celebrate a Thursday? And I And they were little, and I'd taken them to the grocery. I'd let them pick out, like, that that barbie decoration type stuff that was probably all chemicals and artificial oh, dyes sugar sugar and, and they, chemicals yeah. and they we'd put that on the cake and all these candles and yes. and then on the video we don't light the candles once and blow them out we like blow them out and they they cheer for themselves we relight them <laughs> they blow them out again and um, that's cute so that's you know. cute you gotta find joy in you know you gotta find joy in the little things and uh, John fifteen eleven is one of my favorite eleven and twelve are like one of my favorite, just my favorite set of verses, but particularly eleven. And it's I have told 
told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Like that's, that's a big deal, you know, because it's not only joy, but love. And it's hard not to love people when you have joy in your heart. Like how are you going to walk around here hating people and you got joy in your heart? That don't, that don't add up. Something ain't right about that. Like, don't well, fight and it, the joy. And, it, and it's his joy. Yes, you know, it's his joy. Exactly. Channel that. Like, channel that into love. So, I, you know, that's that's my take on the celebrating and joy and life and mourning and all of that. Weeping and laughing. So, we hope that you have enjoyed episode three, A Time to Heal of Bourbons and Beignets. Yes. And as we finish this one up... If you like this music that you hear, if you liked it at the beginning, we hope you like it at the end. It's um, called By God, and they're some of our good friends. They're super talented. The leader of their group, Mike Dow, um, shared this music with us to use, and it's called Clean Heart, and you can find them on Spotify. Look them up. You'll like it, so be blessed, y'all. Be blessed.